Hey, so when you make pancakes, I don't. Do you make do you make small pancakes <laughs> or one large pancake? If I did make pancakes, Depends I would. On what the Shane's want? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we got, you're gonna have to be ready to mute his mic. They're in the shape of an S. <laughs> I actually ate lasagna today for lunch. <laughs> With which shape? It's somewhat rectangular. You ate lasagna today, today for lunch, Beth bro. Made, I didn't even know. Beth like, made lasagna the other day. It was amazing. So did and did you put? A, you light a candle and you play Shane and Shane in the background. <laughs> Do you have a camera in my house? That's it's so weird and funny. I'm gonna start it out like this. A one and a two and a one, two, three, four. Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and today I have with me uh, Don Terrell and Brown Fury. Brown Fury. Also known as Blake McCullough. <laughs> sounds like a... That uh, Orange Fury right. makes sense. Brown, Brown Fury is not. a bad poop. Sounds like the reason we didn't right, record yesterday. let's start over, shall we? Let's no, cut that over. fine. Let's cut that out. Let's no start over. <laughs> it stays. Here we go. So anyways, I opened it up with the count like that, because that's how Willie Nelson opens his song, On the Road Again. So today, what are we doing today? Are we on the road again? Back on the road again. On the road again. I know. I can't wait to get I'm on so the road. I'm so glad we're back on the road again. You know what he's so excited in that song? I was listening to it on the way here. Making music with his friends? Yes. And I was like, Look it's kind of like this. Look sweet, sweet music. Making is, music, is that what guys, happens? Around is that where table. musicians write most of their music while they're on the road? They're like in a car 24-7. It would make sense to me. I don't like think writing so. writing new I songs. So. I watched a documentary on... Of course you did. Uh, Leonard Skinner, he like locked himself in they, a room or something. They had like a shack down by the river. They really did, <laughs> and they went there, and it had like I don't know, very little. It was just one room, it was like a shed, and that's where they went. Right Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama. Leonard Skinner, yeah. right? Okay. I also watched a documentary on Hillsong, which was just as bad. Have you finished? Have you watched it all? Oh, there's only one episode. No, oh, there's I thought three, it was bro. Like four. Or there's three. Are they all out on Amazon? Because yeah, they're I all. Only I watched. Have... I thought it was on. It's on TLC. No, no, no. no it's on Discovery. Discovery Plus. That yeah. takes you Amazon. Yeah, but then it you was watched the off-brand me. one. I'm dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you watch the off-brand one? No, I watched the, the real one. But it's like I can go out to my TV and like they have one uh, on-demand. I, I bet you you got the, yeah, you, the the only the third one's okay, but the the first and second ones are probably the most important. Yeah. The third one's uncomfortable because it talks about the school and kind of the history of of Hillsong. Um, like all the right, so we're gonna do this originated. episode later. Okay. Lawson. Oh, we're gonna do one. Yeah, it's oh, called. Cool. Uh, I mean, that is Hillsong the docu series. Did you see the Twitter that I posted? You don't even know what this is. Mystery Science Theater 3000. It was a show. I'm on when, I when I was your age, they played black and white movies and a comedian and his two puppets. So it was him being all three would ad lib the movie. Wow. It would be silent and then they would speak over it. And it looked like those three <laughs> sitting on the front row of a movie and all you could see were their the silhouettes. Back of their oh, I know what you're talking about. And yeah. then they would ad lib the whole movie. So that's what I want to do. Not ad lib the whole thing, but give our take on the docu series. Anyways, so what are we, we doing today? It. So you need to finish it, and you need to, well, you need to we finish it. And you need to start it. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Cool. The food trucks. Yeah. Yeah. I got a projector. There's so many good documentaries that have come out recently. Like I'm recommending. I'm glad them you discovered regularly. them. No, I've I'm been ta- on docu- I'm talking documentaries about, for a turn, long I'm time. I'm talking about very specific. 
Definitely. Documentaries. Him. I'm talking about like the Calvinist documentary, the Puritan documentary. Oh, wow. The so Hillsong like You mean ones. like in the past 10 years, some good documentaries have come Yeah, I mean, you're talking about what, Is five? five? Hey, you know what day this episode airs on? Tomorrow? April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. So just kidding. So my brothers you, and my friends. Godspeed. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you are the weakest link. So let's make these kids famous. Who you want to call? Let's call somebody. What? Um, who, do, who do you think? Do you want to call somebody to make them a listener? Or do you want to call somebody so we can share them, add them on the Twitter, and then guerrilla market? What do you want to do? I don't do? think that's real. Probably the second one's probably not real. So, what do you mean the second one's not real? I mean, like, who are you? Who are you going to guerrilla market from Twitter? You could call Ben Borstad. That would be again? hilarious. But I don't. Oh, we, we've again, called him. When did you call well, him? I mean, we, we need a him new out. character. Okay. We need a new character. What about uh, what about Bo Canton? He won't answer. You think he won't answer? He might. Call. This will be the. This is the bit, dude. Let's call. just call. Here we go. Call. Here we go. I think he is a faithful listener. He's not going to be able to hear you talking to the mic. He'll answer. I used to think of Roy D. Mercer. <laughs> how big a boy are you? How big a boy He's a big old you? boy. <laughs> he's not going to answer. No, he's not going to answer. I told you he's not going to answer. Do you want to leave a voicemail on the podcast? <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? Beth doesn't either. What? Best, That's best, insane. Beth's voicemail doesn't Bro, go Bo yet. Ken. <laughs> Bo Can doesn't have voicemail, dude. Welcome to the Comedy Central Roast of Bo Can. <laughs> that's insane. I, I don't know if I can be his friend anymore. Yeah, yeah like... That's Beth, serious Beth issues. Set up. What? Who voicemails? What world are we People living in? People voicemail. Oh, my goodness. I do not You have voicemails. a child. At some point, you have to have voicemail. I mean, I have a voicemail. I have seven unlistened to voicemails yeah, from I don't my workplace. Yeah, check them. <laughs> If you oh need my me, goodness. if you need me, we you don't double, text you. You double call or you text. Double call. Double call. Double call is mean, double call brother. means emergency. If that you double insane. call me, if you double call me, I will stop doing anything I'm doing. Good and I'm assuming know. that you're about to die. Good to know. I can't yeah. wait. My to dad double trained call me in that. <laughs> He's, He's gonna say answer. Nothing. I'm gonna hang up and I'm gonna call back again. <laughs> hey man, what you up to? <laughs> Dude, you just hung just up. Just hanging I out. Just one this, happens, this happens all the time, actually. There are people that abuse this. And if you start to abuse it, you've heard the story of the boy who cried wolf. One day, no, one, day got eight. one day, you're going to need me. Eight. Didn't he? <laughs> Didn't the Wicked Witch eat him in the pot or something? <laughs> It's because he didn't leave enough breadcrumbs back to his house. <laughs> didn't he give away Hansel? And then accidentally he pushed Humpty Dumpty off the wall. <laughs> Poor Humpty Dumpty. Made a big omelet. Why is he an egg? <laughs> why is he an egg? <laughs> why, Mother Goose? Why? <laughs> All right. This is high level stupidity. Speaking of jokes, so I posted a joke on Twitter. It said, having lunch with listeners from Kentucky, if we don't post back in an hour, call the authorities, dot, dot, dot. This is a joke, but lunch with listeners is really happening. So, we had lunch with two listeners from Kentucky, and here you are, Alan and Dylan, with your shout-out. Thanks, fellas. We enjoyed it. The ribs weren't that good. Conversation was way better than the food. Yeah. We wanted the food to be better. Maybe we should go lightly here. Yep. People are really polarizing. So, anyways, which one told them where we went? So they found they found the he products of memes. So they found the products of memes page. Yeah, 
and said that when they saw the picture of Darren memeing us while we were recording, that they had envisioned that we were in a room where there was like foam padding, like a real recording <laughs> like studio. A nice <laughs> conference room. <laughs> they bought the pastor's parlor. We should have showed them the pastor's yes. parlor. They'd be like, this is not this what we were is, expecting. This is the waiting room before a bathroom. They were, they were, expecting, a, they were expecting an espresso <laughs> machine on the way in, and which like actually of, used to be a in lot the of leather. <laughs> that was my most favorite moment of lunch. I mean, other than get to knowing them and them driving down was like this, I, this never thinking about a listener's perception of what they were hearing. And they also said we looked way different than yes, they thought. Yes, and Charles, they were so sad. They were waiting to meet you on Sunday, but then you weren't here, oh, and they yeah. didn't even get to meet you, so the misperception is now perpetuating itself. You're so an old man. They said you're like a character on the show that doesn't exist because you never get recorded when I'm doing this. And then secondly, he said you, they envision you to be an old man with a gray beard. Like a big, big <laughs> Give gray it some beard. time, and that'll be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways I thought that was funny what's funny is they were actually picturing Darren yeah yes that, and that's what know. we told them yeah they didn't know but the one thing here's my takeaway from lunch that I, I thought was really helpful yeah and I shared this with y'all in the pastor's parlor yeah one I guess maybe one benefit to the podcast that I never thought would be a thing I just never thought about it but Blake you said when you were away at college when, no when, I, when we lived in the Delta, just like after uh, college. He was like, so Blake was sharing with us, like, yeah, man, I needed a connection with a podcast that reminded me of like healthy, good friendship. And there was yeah. a podcast you listened to because they were telling us about being able to listen and do so in a way where, you know, it was, it was ministering to them. To it was say, like encouraging like, them. Yeah, and then they like, talked about it like with each other, which was helpful for them. Right. Too. Right. And then I said, yeah, that reminds me, like, maybe that would have been helpful when I went away to college to not make trash friendships, you know, because I think the human heart, like, is drawn to making friends. Like, we need that, even yeah. if you choose to make bad friends, you know? Right. Like, we need friendship. It's true. So, hopefully that continues. Uh, we left out something from last week's episode. We did? Yeah. This sounds just like a, a, a staff meeting. He's like, here's the next item on the it agenda for agenda. today. Was the Spirit's ministry throughout its the people of God? You know, we're like, sometimes like we think about the Great Commission and the Gospel and it being like one-on-one, but yet like he's working among his people. Mm. So anyways, I thought that was a good clarifying. What Sorry, I was, I was, I was. I know you were on your phone. Doing no, something. no, I was, I was looking up the Happy Rant podcast because that was one you were oh. thinking of, and I was trying to see if they were still doing it. And they are. They released an episode. Are today. they? Yeah. How yeah, many? I just said that. They're like they're they're thousands. They've got to be like three hundred eighty four years deep at this point. It's three hundred eighty four. They published the number. Oh. Yeah. So. I, oh yeah. That's one I just looked at. Um. They also they I have was, a Patreon deal. Really? I was mistaken. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, where in Romans 8 are we thinking of this? But the last podcast we did was on the Great Commission. Yeah. So, Wilson which, believes in the Spirit, though. I do. He does. Thoroughly. <laughs> which Charles Grateful said. for his ministry. <laughs> Charles said that the Great Commission episode fits. It really did. Perfectly between. What was it? The last, the last, two, last two sermons. Yeah. Well, when you do it. So I already said connectivity, man. We're all about purpose of connectivity. So speaking of connectivity, Blake, how's the job search? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Do you have any update for us at all that you would care to share? Uh, nah. be, this is my so Blake. I'm still section. unemployed. Still unemployed. <laughs> I mean, I'm still. 
You're you gainfully employed. I'm gainfully employed. Awaiting unemployment. Yeah, until March 27th. May 27th. All right, so this this segment this segment on Products of Grace is like the So Blake, but it's prayerful consideration, right? Mm. Naturally, it's, it's far more kind to him. <laughs> it is. I so, thought we were going to talk about connectivity and see if Lawson we got new internet yet. <laughs> so I did. Lawson. It's great. <laughs> this is this is our airing of grievances. This man thought we were having lunch with our listeners on Sunday, on Sunday the Lord's Day. After church, and then when, so then then when Julie and Beth were together, Beth's freaking out to Julie because he thinks she she thinks. I mean, I guess she I knows. Said, no, you I said, said you, I said central. So he thought we were having lunch. I was. I mean, I, I didn't think central. I said central. <laughs> but you were thinking Memphis Bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just had an off day. We're not, we're not even going to talk about this. We're going to move on. Okay. Yeah. So we had to clarify multiple times, multiple times via text about yeah. what day this was. Sure. Even though it was already on the calendar. It was. Yeah. it was. It was on the calendar. He was the only one who didn't accept the invite, by I the way. I actually did have it on my calendar. I took a picture of it and sent it to you. Why is this? Why are you the way that you are? Yeah, because it's I, there, but because if it's not I figured filled out in, my in day, the color, I, then you didn't accept it. It's the appropriate it. color for my calendar. I am the way that I am because I live my life pretty much three days at a time. There's like a... Like I've got it stresses like me out. I, so I can bad. say this because I know that my nobody's gonna from class is gonna hear this. I have a research paper due on Tuesday. I have not started it. Oh, and I've seen it on your calendar day in and day out because we all share the same calendar. <laughs> yeah. It's like work on paper. Yeah, but and so, I guess you saw that and you're like tomorrow. No, I saw it. I saw it and I thought to myself, uh, you know what? My deadline for preaching is before the deadline for the paper. Man, he was you're like, the type of person that sets like six alarms and tricks yourself. And still uh, gets up on the sixth one. Yes. Fact. I'm, I do Fact. that too, but it's like Fact. three. That's not true, actually. The later in the day my alarm, the later I'll sleep. If I have an alarm at 5 a.m., I'm up the very uh, first one. I always set like three, and it's based off of how trash I feel when I wake up. <laughs> it's like, how, it's like, how did tired it am I? Did it interrupt REM sleep or yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? Can I ask a question? Yeah. This is a really quick question. I've been doing something as I open my refrigerator recently, and Beth and I kind of have this. I think it's I think it's a fight that we don't know that we're having. Mm. So when Beth buys new like a new uh, carton of milk, mm. right? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the new carton a hundred percent. If there's an old carton in there, I'm skipping it. So a hundred percent of the time. So like it goes out. The milk in my refrigerator goes out you don't on April fourth. No, not I know it goes out April fourth. It's mm-hmm. the sooner date. But there's a fresh thing of milk, so I naturally go to that one. And so what we do is, Beth will put the the new milk as far back as possible with the old milk in front of it, and, and you I fight just, through and it. And I literally just move the old milk and pull the new milk out <laughs> and put it back. Am I the only person who does that? Yeah. Why do you do that? It just bothers me. Do you yeah, smell like, the milk? Do just, you do that? Oh, I'm no. the only person. Okay. Wait, but like. You just want the, the new milk. milk could go bad before you finish it. Yeah, I don't care. I want the new milk. Do I smell like, my milk. For I sure. I smell a lot I, of I things. I think milk smells bad from the beginning. Really? No. Yeah. I'll dr- I'll, I won't drink it. I'll put it in stuff, but I think it smells bad from the beginning. You I won't drink like it by it. itself. You don't like milk by itself. But no. how many da- like how many days are you willing to no, leave no, something no. in the refrigerator and still eat it? Like leftovers? Yeah. 5. Nah. Five days? No, mm-hmm. I count it down. I'm like, it's three days on pork, maybe two days on pork, three days on chicken. 
Yeah. Three days on beef, and after that, I'm out on everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much three days on everything. There's nothing. Sarah's nothing with y'all on that, so then I get. And, and you need del- to be careful with Mexican restaurants with this inflationary <laughs> prices on meat, especially beef, because they keep it longer. Don't trust them, bro. Because <laughs> I rolled the dice, and evidently they're selling green beef. Gross. Keeping <laughs> prices down, buying cheap means you buy all the expired stuff. Keeping customers, yeah. down. everything tastes right hours. if you season it well when yeah, it's yeah, in. True. But then when you put it down the hatch, mm. six hours later. <laughs> You can't record a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Heard it. (laughs) All right. So with that, gentlemen. You ready? You ready? ready. Yeah, I'm good. So with that, gentlemen, let's not jack around. Okay? Jack around. When people would dig up steel landscaping in the earliest 17th century to transplant it into their own yards, gardens, there was a rush of energy needed, and the parties would say to one another, don't jack around, dig faster. Because Jack might be back, and you wouldn't want Jack to catch us. Jack, evidently, was like a John Doe type of name, like in general usage. Steel landscaping? Yeah, right. What is that? I don't know. Like yard ornaments? I guess. Like ornamental plants? I've had landscaping stolen Would you steal, like, your neighbor's zucchini plant? I'm thinking of steel, like the... The thing that Bo Canton works with, steel. Oh, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying like, stealing. Steel landscape. S-T-E-A-L-I-N-G. Can we put featuring Bo Canton in this one? The title? Yes. I'm going to try to bring him up every time. All right. So recapping Romans 9. He's our illustration. Yeah. All right. Romans 9. Oh, sorry. You want to read the whole thing? That totally gets under Does anyone die? Like immediately he shudders. Bro, it's the Bible. That's not I really love reading the Bible. It's like look, 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 look. people really read that? <laughs> That's the standing joke with you. With you, Lawson. What the you... whole kids catechism. Remember connectivity. You have to remember what happened last week. I'm in Romans nine now. I don't okay. even know what happened last week. You don't? When Blake said something about, yeah, so in catechism and you interrupt and you're like, So who's Who's, Who's doing, doing that? that is what I said. And he goes, he goes, it was so funny because Blake, it was so genuine and honest. Oh, I do. I, I do it with my kids every week. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. Who's leading it? And then I took a run at who people really taking that? it seriously. So, all right. Romans 9. I have no notes. Of course you don't. This is just the recap. Back on the road again. Lawson didn't either. Breaking it up from Breaking one, it up. one to five. One pericope at a six time. To, six to 18, 19 through 29. I really need to read it. <laughs> for my own, my own. Charles, can you play like some read elevator it, music? Bro. Read it. All right, what, what, what verses I'm going? One, one through five? Three, you want to do one through five first. All right, here we go. Romans 9, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have a great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They are Israelites and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship and the promises to them belong the patriarchs and from their race, according to the flesh is the Christ who is God over all blessed forever. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. It's <laughs> a great reading. You know, it's like it's like at this it's like at this point it's like do I do I re-preach my sermon? Well, I mean, these are your dream episodes. These you are my just, these are my dream episodes. Cork it. But but go no, 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 no. rev on we, down this Roman we've road. Had this, yeah. We've had this beep, conversation, beep. right? You're the you're the dialogue. Yeah, but I love these episodes because I just push it all in the middle and be like, all right, let's dice it up. So Romans 9 is obviously one of those like 
uber debated chapters. Um, Why? Uber. Uh, because it conveys particular truths that many people don't like. That's the actual reason why it's debated. Sorry, <laughs> there it is. Like, I mean, we can we can we can play the game. Oh well, it's an exegetical debate on what the word predestined means, on what the word um, prepared means. Like, we can we can play that game if you want to, but I just don't think it's a genuine defense. Nor do I think it's a the origin of it is exegetical. I just don't. Sorry, that's the abrasive. Um, the abrasive. point that's what i got i mean i i really don't because the whole thing like as as i'm preparing to preach romans romans everybody's like oh you're gonna have to preach romans 9 and my general response to romans 9 is really difficult is it's actually really not difficult as long as you don't want to do exegetical backflips mm-hmm. um as long as you keep consistency yeah, as with long as who you, israel is right. and there is a fact an ethnic israel and there is a fact a true and lasting israel yeah and then not only that god's right to save who he wills. Yeah. Right. Before they did anything good or bad. Good or bad, right. So if right. you if you accept that, because it's clearly stated here, then you can just press right through. Um the you know I, I think Romans ten has been far harder. Romans ten <laughs> I, I actually was telling somebody the other day, Romans nine is not a difficult text. Romans ten and eleven are difficult. Like they are I still am working through my conclusions of portions of Romans eleven. Like I'm still working through Romans those and reading. Yeah, we're not there yet. Oh. Yeah, so like... He doesn't know what he's going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, some of this is... And you know what's funny? I I think I said this a while back. Pretty much every text that I ever come to, the very first thing I do is delete everything I know about that text. So if you ask me the week before what I think about that text, before I start preparing, I can tell you. And then like the week of actually preparing, it's like, I don't know, I'll let you know You're not helping the argument that you're not a robot. You just said you delete things out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. All right, pressing on. Um, Beep, boop, beep, boop. (laughs) All right, what verses am I reading next? Well, hold on. We we never even did it. I didn't know. Let's recap it. 9135. It's so... 9135 is like... Hurry up, get to the point. What'd you say? I'm I'm all right with that. I got thoughts about 9135. I was thinking about the, I love that this combats a lot of the straw men hurled at people who believe in big God theology. Such as? That we don't care about the lost. Big facts. That we, for I could wish that I myself were accursed. Hate Israel. Like, you know, there's like that kind of like, which I mean, there were some folks who did. Right. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, That's what I was thinking. it's an interesting, if you detach yourself from 9, 1 through 5, as you make your way through the rest of it, you're going to kind of find yourself jarred later on. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is, like, and by that I mean like in 10 and following, what you hear is Paul's desire to preach the gospel to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that desire, I mean, even in his, just his life, if you were just to do an examination of his ministry from the book of Acts, the very first place he went every time he entered a city was where? Was the synagogue the, was the synagogue, and is he the apostle to the to the Gentiles? Absolutely, he is. But you, yep. there was still this desire in him to preach the gospel to those of the nation of Israel and see them come to conversion, and that mm-hmm. pressed on throughout the entirety of his life. Um, and so the idea that everything that he's going to say in Romans and the continuation of Romans nine is a contradiction of terms once you go from you know one and two to the rest of nine is just absolute foolishness it's Mm. it's harmonious Mm. he's saying i have an unceasing anguish and i have a desire to see people come to saving faith all the while knowing 
that many of my brethren according to the flesh are not going to attain this. And if you latch this on to where we're going to be this coming Sunday, depending on when you're listening to this, um, then... If you're a committed listener. Yeah, then you're going to... Then there's going to be a really interesting moment where he says, everything that I'm writing about Pharaoh and I'm writing about the um, unbeliever, the reprobate, I'm going to say about national Israel in just a, and and really you think about this, if it's a single reading of the text and you're just reading straight through, you're talking about three minutes, four minutes reading the letter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's anguish, there's desire. And he also attributes to them that which is theirs, right? Like when he talks about these things belong to them, right? The list goes, um, the, uh, the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises to them belong the patriarchs. And I think this is a really important pivot in the way that he's using this language. And from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. And he establishes them as a true commonwealth. They are Israelites. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is truly important. Like yeah, we historical never, reality. Right. We never burn, like as we say, there is a true Israel. We do not ever say the nation of Israel is not a real thing. Right. Right. That's yeah. that's a really foolish yeah. assessment. Right. And but, picking up what he already said in chapter three, that they're they yeah. had every advantage because they weren't mm-hmm. Jews. I do think that if we were to kind of play this out a little bit and go with I am convinced that judgment traditionally if there are degrees of judgment, I would say that the degrees of judgment are based upon revelation received. Sure. And so Yeah, to whom much is given, much yeah. is Required is expected. Um, What's that thing Uncle Ben said to Spider-Man? Oh, my goodness. What? With great power comes great responsibility. Yes. (laughs) It's happening. Rare form. (laughs) Um, So, but in this, like, all the revelation that they're given, I mean, I just think there's a unique judgment that they fall under as well. And I, I, I would say, just to make sure that we're not speaking of just national Israel here, I would say the very same thing about those who were raised in the church today. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are myriad applications. Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly. So, I mean, I think I think the anguish you see from, from Paul, you can even feel that anguish toward people in your own blood family. Uh, of course. And that would be like a prayer to pray. Mm-hmm. But I always appreciated the phraseology there, like how he phrases it. That he, that if For I, I could. could. Yeah. I, I think sometimes like we... I don't know, just as a we're, technical We're looking at aspect, people and we're like, like, hey, you should wish that you were accursed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like, no, 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 that's not what yeah. he was meaning. Yeah. yeah. Like, but if he could. Right. It was like a hypothetical. Like, and there was, and there was a, there was a couple of comment. I mean, I think it was Piper that made this argument that if, if God would have been willing to accept Paul's sacrifice right. for his nation, right. then he would have gladly done it. Paul says this. And it's like... It, you you can wish that all day long. Right. It's a hypothetical. That's it, right. It's, God would never accept it's it. It's logically yeah. false because we know it's not real. Right. And so therefore it's a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. Um, the one thing that I didn't hit as much as I wanted to when I was walking through this text was the last phrase of chapter, I'm sorry, verse five. It always frustrates me when I finish a sermon. It's like, man, I want to go back and do that one. And then anyway, I, I wish I would have, but... Uh, to them belong the patriarchs and from their race according to the flesh is the Christ who is God over all, blessed forever, amen. That is perhaps one of the clearest statements upon uh, about the deity of Jesus that you're going to come across. Yeah, for sure. Um, there he hits him with the amen. Oh yeah, hits him with the amen, concluded. Um, but, you know, the idea to hear to hear Paul say in such plain terms 
he is God over all, and I think the all is really important there mm-hmm. because he's not just making reference to the fact that he's God over Israel because because the God of the Bible is not a tribal deity, mm-hmm. right? He is he is God, mm-hmm. um, and so you know that being the case, he's saying it doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. He picks up on this later on in Romans ten, but it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. He is the supreme sovereign of all things, period. And he attributes that to the second person of the Godhead. I was about to say, he's he's leaning in on the Trinity right there. Yeah, yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it bare People minimum. People are like, well, the word, what is it? What? The word Trinity is not in the Bible? Yeah. Not, is that yeah. the thing they say? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, the, the doctrine is. So we can, we, you, right. can, you can pick a different term if you want to, but I'm going to go with this one because it's historically accepted and it, and it does. Right. Which, which this section, what you're, what you're hitting at, is coming back to his intro to the letter. Yeah. I mean, son of David. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and declared with power to be yeah, the son of God through right. the resurrection. And then the, the son of God is called mm-hmm. here in this right yeah. here. This passage is called God. God. And, yeah. So if anybody ever says to you, uh, Jesus is never explicitly called God, or he never, the other claim is that he never claims to be God in the New Testament. Well, first, you've got to wrestle through the I am statements where he mm-hmm. makes direct claims of them. You also have to wrestle through John 5. But here we have the apostle who very clearly states that His he witness. is God. Yeah, clear. Yeah. In, first, in uh, I think it's Second Peter does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. My Lord and my God. Oh, oh, the conclusion of the book of John is my Lord and my God. That's right. Atheos. Hmm. We ready? One through five. Let's uh, go. One through five? We just did one through five. Okay. What verse is now? Check. Six, Six through... Thirteen? Thirteen. Here we go. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year, I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born, had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Where to even start? Where to even start? Blake? But it is not as though the word of God has failed. Oh, true. The Paul immediately, almost to make sure that everyone understands, it seems like that his anguish is not because God has missed something uh, or their lack of belief is not because God has missed something, but rather because they have missed something in their sin, basically. Uh, and that goes back again to Romans 3, the fact that their faithlessness does not nullify the faithfulness of God. He's always been faithful mm-hmm. to his people. I really have been struck by this late, lately. We've been going through Genesis with the students and thinking about how, like, if you're preaching through Genesis verse by verse, you end up saying the same thing mm-hmm. every time because it's just like God is faithful, the people are faithless, yet he's still faithful, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And and I was asking a couple of weeks ago, like, why is that the case? Like, why do you think that that, that is there over and over and over again? It's like, cause apparently we're quick to forget it. We have a high, mm. a high view of ourselves and a low view of him. Mm. And, uh, and so it seems like he's right there in verse six, just being like, before you think that, that there's something wrong with God or his plan, it's not that his word has failed. It's not that he is faith. He's not faithful. 
um, but rather it's a misunderstanding of who Israel in fact is. True Israel. Yeah, and if we this this is actually I would say the theme of uh, chapter nine, ten, and eleven. The word of God has not failed, and I think even structurally, it is interesting that there is an uptick in uh, Paul's citations of the Old Testament in the uh-huh. book. Um, you know, he starts grabbing from uh, Genesis, Isaiah, Malachi. Uh, um, did I say Hosea yet? Hosea, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy. I mean, he's grabbing all of these. Isn't Joel here too? Or uh, oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm. Um, could be later. Sorry, it ahead. may be later, but I'm. I could also be mistaken. But in in each of these, there's just such an uptick of citations because what Paul's doing is he's uh, essentially applying the word of God, his intention in redeeming. And there, you know, what's funny is I I read through this and I'm thinking about if he did like an exhaustive. Uh, citations of God's plan to reach the Gentiles. This book would be three times. I mean, it would be it would triple in length, mm. just because there's so much. I'm I'm reading through Isaiah right now, just personally, and and you hit the latter portion of Isaiah, and it's just time after time after time he's mentioning that Gentiles being brought in, yeah. and and so he's this this word of God not failing is saying that everything that God has intended for the word of God to do will actually come to fruition. God never said that the nation of Israel was always going to be, um, that, that all of the nation of Israel were going to be regenerate and enter into the kingdom. As a matter of fact, that's ahistorical. Mm. It's ahistorical. And you've got to, I mean, you've got the Exodus, you've got Joshua and Judges. I mean, there's, there's, there's large portions of Scripture. And you, know, you think about the days of Elijah as well, the days of Elijah. Um, these are but, but in all of these, there's this clear pattern of remnant. And we're about to hit remnant now as we enter into chapter 11. But even in the midst of remnant, there's always Gentiles being brought in as well. Mm-hmm. This is not a historical. This is, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean this, this is clearly a historical principle. He's been bringing in nations for as down long, to this very day. Down to this very day. So Acts 17, that's what I wrote in yeah. my... I always forget what that's called. The margin. The margin. So I always think this is interesting that like we see this actually happen in the day of Paul where, you know, normally like we quote the Bereans, you know, to yeah. like be like a Berean. But it says in Acts 17, 11, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica yeah. because they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And it says many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing. So I think they're even, I think they're Lawson. I was listening to you. You back to our podcast? (laughs) I was listening to you. (laughs) Even even there, like you see functionally the gospel going out and it going to Jew and Gentile. And it just, and it just, and it, and you see Jews within Israel, Mm -hmm. some believe and some don't. You yeah. know, because it said these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word with eagerness. When those in Thessalonica, if you look back in history, I mean, they pretty much chased them out of town. Oh, yeah. And said, like, get out of here. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that's interesting. Like, you get a historical narrative that displays this doctrine and, and reality down to this very day. And it's going right. to continue. The, um, yeah, the illustration that he gives is there's a distinction between what it means to be an offspring of Abraham. Mm. Um, and you've got, you know, for lack of better terms, you've got those that are of natural seed and those that are of the true and spiritual seed. And in the natural seed, you, I mean, you obviously have Ishmael, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Ishmael's a descendant of Abraham. It's like, yeah, mm. in one sense he is, mm-hmm. but did the promise pass to him? The answer is no. Right. Like sometimes I, I think this goes back to like 
one of the reasons I think people wrestle with Romans nine. They're like, mm mm. It, like you can't exclude someone. It's like I don't know why they wrestle with that because uh, yeah. you would have to go into Galatians and wrestle there too. I mean, you'd be just wrestling well, everywhere. Whole, you you are wrestling everywhere. The moment that you say God has right to save whom He wills and He has right to harden whom He wills, you begin wrestling. Like if you deny that reality, you begin wrestling with the vast majority of Scripture because God is ever constantly including people that don't deserve to be included and excluding people who don't deserve to be included. In either or. Yeah, so he says in Galatians 4.24, he uses Hagar, which is Ishmael's yeah. mother, and Mount Sinai, yep. which mm-hmm. would be the mountain in which they claim to yeah. worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uses both of those mountains and calls that mountain Hagar. Slavery. Calls Hagar bearing children for slavery and then says... That is present Jerusalem. And cast them out. Yeah. Yeah, is the language. And puts them as a people group mm-hmm. into that mountain. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... W- Which y- mountains... Matter. ...are allegorically sometimes <laughs> used by the Bible to represent people. In Galatians, quite clearly. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, from... <laughs> So from there, all these episodes connect. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, do it. What's what's scary is I think some people are starting to think that he actually plans this. <laughs> um, but with his forty-seven words on this phone, <laughs> right. but but from there, you've got essentially the illustration right of um, Jacob and Esau. But verse eleven really gives us the key to understand everything that's coming forth. God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. Mm. And from there, you have him develop that, just running through of how that actually plays out. What is his, um, what is his purpose of election? Um, Why does he have a purpose of election? For his own glory. Mm. And the, Heard it. The, this is where, th- there's, a, there's a famous Calvin quote, and I use it all the time, and I, I can't help it. It's just a Are really, really... Are you a Calvinist? Really, I am. Calvin? Um, unapologetically <laughs> John so. John Calvin? John. John. <laughs> One of the many Johns. Calvin Klein? I like pretty much all of the Johns of church history. John Calvin, John Owen, John, John Bunyan. Hagee. No, stop it. Stop it. Um, you're going to make him more mad about that I than know. me. <laughs> but... Uh, but Blake, you made me lose my place. Sorry. So I wrote Titus 3.5. Oh, yeah. Oh, John John Calvin Calvin quote. quote. Sorry. Let us not be afraid to admit ignorance where ignorance is learning. I've heard you say that a few times. I use it all the time, and I I will never stop. And and I actually got to use it in its appropriate context as I was preaching through this. Because, like, everything's according to the counsel of his will, right? It's Mm -hmm. according to the purpose of his election. What's the origin of that? It's his willing. Mm. Well, from where does his will flow? We all know. It's like it, we know that it's it's of himself, mm-hmm. right? And that's enough. And one of the best quotes from that section where he says that phrase is, um, "You you can beseech the throne and you can ask these questions if you want to. I'm going to stand here and wonder." Mm. I, and, and and the exact quote is, "I find rest because I find wonder." Mm. And it's just a positional understanding of I'm a creature. Mm. He is the creator. And he does what he wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. So I wrote in the margin of my Bible on that one, Titus 3, 5. He saved yeah. us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He saved us. <laughs> what are you doing? You're such a goober. I know it. 
<laughs> Blake understands me though. But it, there's there's this constant refrain of will. And and that constant refrain of Are you saying the creature struggles with why would God do it? I think the creature believes that he has more justice and mercy in him than God does. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what this A comes down just to. Just thinking organ but if think, we could. But think about this. <laughs> think think about who it is that comes to Romans nine and they're mad. They're mad because they think they're more merciful than God is. Because they would, if they got to do this whole thing right, they would they would save everybody. And it's like, you believe that you have more mercy in you than Mm. God does. You believe that you have a a higher wisdom than God has wisdom. And it's like, forgive me, I don't have a better way to say this. Shut up and know your place. Like it's there's the third time you've said that. Sorry, on the show. but but there's but this is like you need to get a whiteboard. Yeah, <laughs> start tallying. But but I mean think. But this is this like is a the shut whole, up jar. <laughs> oh my goodness! But this is jar. This is, <laughs> put a dollar in. This is who Paul's responding to when he says, "Who are you? Yeah, like who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? Close your mouth and know your place. Be yeah. like Job, who says, "I've darkened counsel without knowledge." Mm-hmm. And if we can't if we can't understand our own position. Let's be real. The lack of depth in our own mercy, the yeah. lack of depth in our own justice, mm-hmm. then we're always going to be assaulting the throne of God and believing that he is far less merciful than he should be and far less just than he should be, when in reality, we have no true depth of understanding and knowledge in and of ourselves of what mercy and justice actually are. Mm-hmm. And then they take the Bible and make it about themselves. Yes. I'm workshopping a tweet that says, Dear Narcissist. <laughs> The dear, Bi- narcissist, dear, dear, nar- dear brother narcissist dear brother narcissist the bible is not your personal book of slogans yeah you know like yeah. how people do that Matt Chandler already did it goodness gracious bro. he already, he already took you're that not from David you. you're yeah, not David he took that from you yeah oh he did he stole it from yeah, me a long time yeah. ago mm. he walked back that you're about 10 years late <laughs> <laughs> he walked it back so you can reclaim it if you want to he abandoned it yeah <laughs> alright but so from there from there next section is that alright yeah, sure. What are we reading? 14 so through 18? Yeah, call it a pericope. Next pericope? Thank you. 14 through 18? <laughs> like a man. 14 through 18? <laughs> Question mark? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I hate what that. shall we say then? <laughs> Is there injustice on God's part? By no means, for he, has said, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up that I might show my power in you that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. It's a really hard text to interpret. Don't be sarcastic. You know what this one did for me years ago? This one did for me. It solidified the position in my mind, the biblical category that says, that he has mercy on whom he has mercy and he has compassion on who he has compassion. And it depends, it depends on God. And it's like, and if we call him God, yeah, who decides to do this, yeah, then it's his decision. And in any logical world, if you establish God as the most supreme, highest being, uncreated, and if he, anything he chooses has to be right, holy, and good. Because it is a God, part of his essence. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, Shut your mouth. Yeah. yeah. You said it to yourself. Yes. And that's what happens to the reader yeah. as they're reading it and they're understanding You're it. Like, they're like, oh, now I should, what? I should be quiet. Fall you in your face this, and worship. Yep. You think that because of the democratization, like that we, believe, we live in a democracy or a republic, but a, 
people's a democratic republic. republic a democratic republic a, a government by the people mm-hmm. that for the people americans struggle <laughs> like or maybe westerners struggle specifically with this doctrine because of that because we just believe that we like own our own destinies i mean i think and, like, people I think in the we past have didn't have, have that like yes in one sense yes that s- strength of like you can be whatever you want to be i mean perhaps I think that. I mean, yes, we're all sinners and we're de- totally <laughs> depraved. But I'm saying everyone has proclivities. I wasn't, I wasn't going oh, there. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that. That's why I said in one sense, yes, because I do think like where we're born, the appointed time that we have, like yeah, those things. Like, it's the education that we receive. Yeah. All but of it that, would seem yeah. like to add offense. Yeah, but the, but the excuse me, but the education that we receive is bent toward the freedom of the human will. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's autonomous nature, right? Mm. Like, and this is whenever, probably nine times out of 10, if I'm having a conversation about Romans, really not even Romans nine, but more like Romans six and seven, the statement is, well, we have free will, right? And it's like, well, let's define those terms because there's only one that actually has a true freedom of the will, and that's God, Right, he has absolute freedom of the will. He can he can do whatever he wishes. Yeah, and so we we live in a in a bound position. We're so all I think, enslaved to something. So like I think that's a natural predisposition predisposition that some of us have based upon the educations that we've received. Sure, um, but I, I think a large portion of this is you know this is garden talk. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying, like, it feels. I feel like we live. Or we we have inherited yeah like a a, a strain of evangelicalism yeah. that like fights hard against this yeah I agree and like is it because of the I mean obviously it's because we're all totally depraved is it because of the like the lack of a king yeah I think I think that's like a we great, don't have yeah. a category for that yeah. apart from the scriptures and yeah. like faraway places true yeah there are very few sovereign illustrations. Times. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there are very few, as you've mentioned, sovereign illustrations of a king that is actually a king, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we have fake kings and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a a queen. Well, I think collectively, culturally, we have a lack of appreciation for history in general. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think we have a lack of appreciation for uh, blinkers in general. He goes. He goes, he's here today. This man is. <laughs> um, in in our current context. <laughs> it's happening. I'm just coming out of nowhere. I'm sorry. You can delete that, Charles. <laughs> don't. Don't. People need to know that he's a man. I know. <laughs> and then he brings a level of this man. This man is always People like. need to know that he's, he's a he's, man. He's sweet Blake, right? Sweet Everybody's Blake. Like, sweet Blake. Blake's so quiet. Yeah, and he so needs to kind find his all voice. the time. And I'm like, who, do you even know this man? Yeah. <laughs> You better watch him. You turn. You don't turn your blinker on. He'll burn your car after. <laughs> Put it on the day. <laughs> Put a Molotov in the. Oh, wow. in the, castle, in the All right. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Don't bring For legal Russia purposes. This is a joke. That was not what I was doing. <laughs> I'm unemployed. Plus. All right. Where are we at? We're What's in, happening? We're in nine. <laughs> 14 through and do you want me to read the seven. next pericope no or we, because so, we haven't talking about human will or exertion but on God who has mercy okay like and well, then the, talk about it Lawson ah, this section always reminds me of John 1 like, yeah like it does not depend on the will of man 
My favorite thing about Don you is if he says this flash. reminds me of something, I know that he's going to bring up three different things. It's no, either, it did. It's, no, it, it does It either not. means he's going to bring up Exodus. It means he's going to bring up John One. I mean, I can't help it that or, Exodus is the thread that runs the means, entire Hebrew. It means that he's going to use Hebrews. Yeah, it's one of the three every time, guaranteed. Gosh, but, I, but I'm really Johannian. Like I, I must be it. A heretic. No, no, no. <laughs> I was laughing about something the other day because I go back to John all the time because I, it's, you know. Yeah. It's your fave. It reminds me of this. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And it always implies born of the blood and the will of God. Yeah. 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 Which is like, Okay. Where are we at on here? Romans 9? Yep. So it depends not on human will or exertion, or exertion but on God <laughs> who has mercy and who by his will yep. and by his blood yep. gave children the right to become children of God. Mm-hmm. Yes and amen. He raised them up to be vessels of mercy. Yep. And then who does he lay right there on the backside of that? Pharaoh. Yeah, bro. That's the Exodus is coming and getting you. This reminds me of, of the book of Exodus. Does it? Yeah. Does it remind you of the book see, of Exodus? You see, Charles, he uses the identity of the children born of blood and will of God and then says, look, look at the Exodus. Yeah. Pharaoh, I raised him up. I put y'all in captivity. So what y'all And then I it. led y'all out. And then now you're going to be mad because I demonstrated... I demonstrated on Pharaoh my judgment. No, no, no. You celebrated that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you ought to celebrate my judgment and you ought to celebrate my life-giving freedom. Which, yes, is, which is where it takes an interesting turn in chapter 11 when he says, now it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. these, these are our examples. Yep. Yes. So <laughs> he raises him up. Let's talk about him raising him up. You've got vessels of mercy prepared for glory. You've got like, vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. <laughs> So does God have right to prepare vessels of wrath for destruction? Yes. Okay, good talk. This has been fun. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Wait, we have more verses to move through. Well, I was I was actually, I would already moved us. Do you want to read the next section? Do you want me to read it? Sure. I'll read it. Go ahead, read it. Yeah, read it. <clears throat> wow. I was preparing myself. You go from mint to hack. I haven't had a mint this whole time. I know it. I'm proud. Hey, Charles, will you bring me one? <laughs> Stop. Um, go, 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 go. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? He's actually going to bring me one. <laughs> um, but who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Well, what is molded? Say to its molder, why have you made me like this? He threw it at me. Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Then he illustrates it with Hosea and Isaiah. Were you going to go all the way to 29 and you just, you got tired? Those who were not my people, <laughs> I will call my people. And Let me give you the quick one. her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the numbers of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth yeah. fully and without delay. Mm. And as as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us yep. offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become and like And you are becoming Gamora. like it, world. Goodness. All right. Big facts. All right. I read it. Begin. You read it. So, has the potter right over the clay? It would seem so. 
It would seem so. Yeah. 100% he does. To I, make out of one lump. Yeah. A lump of two centers, distinct by the way. vessels. Darren was really pleased that I used a lump of centers because some people, there's actually a lot of debate around the lump. Like, can he do, and the lump is sinful people. Uh, our producer, sorry. We didn't talk about Breaking how news. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. I think there's there's a couple of ways that we can understand that. But the first way, I think, is the, <laughs> is the hardness of Pharaoh's heart in his natural state. I don't. I, there is, in my opinion, I think that's the first and foremost. Every single individual that is born apart from God's saving grace has a hard heart. And there is a very clear uh, trajectory of judicial abandonment that was introduced in Romans 1. And I think essentially what he's elaborating on is both the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, his rebellion against God, and God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart, leaving him in that state. And, and seeing him all the more prepared for destruction, much mm-hmm. like he did to the Canaanites when he left them multiply their iniquity until it was full so that he could crush them and receive glory, honor, and uh, praise at their destruction. Mm. I do appreciate, though, in Exodus, the marriage of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility mm. in that saying, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Because mm. it says both, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. we know, like, it is both. Yeah, Pharaoh was... L- was loving his rebellion. Yeah, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying like yeah. I think you can look at Romans nine in on the opposite side. You can look at Romans nine by itself without context, right? And create this image of salvation that that ignores human responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then, but there's a reason that he goes in Romans ten to say that they have to hear and they have to believe. You know, like all of those things. Obviously, he starts that from and finishes it like it's him. But um, I, I just appreciate the the marriage of responsibility and the clarity of the it's it's both certain, testaments. It's certainly a both and, not an either or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so you see Pharaoh's heart hardened, and in that, I think what you're watching is a vessel being prepared for destruction. Mm-hmm. You see it in Canaan. You see it. You see it in uh, Pharaoh, most certainly. I mean, we see it in Babylon, Nineveh. Time and time again, we see this. And um, and the important thing to note, and this you even is, see it in the loss of some of the Israelites themselves. You know, what I'm saying in the wilderness, yeah. 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 Or Agreed. even when they went to battle and they lost, or they were, you know, what I'm saying AI. Like, yeah, think about how like Nebuchadnezzar that. became a beast. Mm. So was Nebuch- is Nebuchadnezzar in heaven? Holy moly! Somebody asked me this the other day. I'm 100 percent convinced he's there. Yeah, I forget what I said. I think I said yes. Yeah, I'm convinced he's there. I'm also convinced Darius is. Only God knows. True. And everyone who's there. <sighs> this man. <laughs> when when Lawson sees Nebuchadnezzar. I, I, I won't. Oh, no, 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 let me no, do it. Dang it, let me. I'm sorry, go for it. I'm not afraid to admit ignorance where ignorance is learning. <laughs> <laughs> we're learning. Where, where, what is it? Where is We're learning. Where learning is. What's the rest of the quote? You want a reason, I just want to wonder. <laughs> I'm so glad I waited on that. Because all I was going to go with is when Lawson sees Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar? <laughs> like, like, is it going to be like that, you think? No, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, what up, <laughs> bro? <laughs> knew, knew you'd be here. Read about you. Fam. <laughs> yep, knew you'd be here. All right. What was with the furnace, bro? <laughs> wild. <laughs> it's getting wild. He's going to say, that was before I was converted. <laughs> um, my bad. <laughs> Um, but ultimately, we? the question is, who can resist his will? No one. And the answer is no one. No one. No one can resist his will. All of these are, all of these questions. Because this goes back to God's sovereignty. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
But the fact that you can't, so like, the fact that you can't resist his will is not an excuse to deny your own responsibility. To deny your own responsibility. When you stand before God on the day of judgment, you looking at him and saying, who can resist your will is not a pass. Mm. Um, but you know what you'll do after saying, who can resist his will? You'll bow your knee to his lordship. Yeah. I mean, that's what's astonishing. Even mm-hmm. though he not be your savior, mm-hmm. he is Lord of all. Yeah. And, and you will recognize, I think you'll recognize in the end. You'll be convinced of it. Yes. And you'll confess. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this is Philippians 2 at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. You'll see him as true king. Yeah. Yeah. And then very likely, this is, you know, depending on your understanding of, of hell, and I mean that in the truest sense, after judgment, is very likely you will go on to continue in your sinful rebellion against him. Cursing him. Yep. Yeah. And wrath and will be multiplied all the more to you. He's prepared them for destruction. Now, the question is, if we could make a, a side note here, one of the questions that I get regularly is, well, what does that matter? Why are we doing that? Why, why does he do that? So let's look at verse 22. What if God desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power? Let's just go ahead and make this really clear. God desired to show his wrath. He desired to make known his power. And he does that for what's really important here. If you follow the, the, the flow of 22, what if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? To 23, in order that, in order that the he elect might known. see and rejoice in that power mm. and that wrath and see it as for them, mm. right? I mean, we see it as, as, as absorbed, not like a sponge. Drank. Drank. I, I like the To words. satisfy, to satisfy, um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, Donald over here. <laughs> I thought you um, meant to satisfy God's wrath. <laughs> um, but certainly to satisfy God's wrath, first and foremost, and he, satisfi- he satisfies it for a particular people, and then he demonstrates it on the enemies, on his enemies, mm. in such a way that we sit back, we watch and observe, their smoke goes up forever, according mm. to uh, Revelation 19, and we say, praise be to God who is just in demonstrating power and authority and dominion, and he has conquered all of his enemies, his enemies, and because we are in him, ours as well. Mm. So I linked. So this, let, give me, give me your four one one. You ready? My four verse twenty three. Is that the number you call when you're trying to dig and you don't want to hit? No, that's eight one one. Four one one is information. I know I'm playing. Sorry. <laughs> what was the number you used to call to find out who just called you? Six one one. I think that's a voicemail. Star no, that like boat star sixty seven. Star sixty seven is if you don't want them to know you call. That, that's your you April call. Fool's phone calls. Wow. Okay. All right, verse 23, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Mm. Mm. So I link this back to verse 11. Though they were not yet born and had Mm. done nothing good, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, so nothing that they did in their life, but because of he who calls. So in order to make known the vessel, in order to make known the riches of his glory, in order to make known his power, he made both vessels of wrath for destruction and vessels mercy. of mercy prepared beforehand, yeah, before they had language. done anything good or bad, so that, so that the purpose of election might continue. Yeah. Okay. And the, uh, an important note that you're not going to catch in the English is that the two words for prepared are not the same words. 
So in one sense, the prepared for glory is very clearly like the activity, mm-hmm. right, of mm-hmm. God. Prepared in regard to destruction is the concept of reaching completion, mm. right? So if we think about this, and I really do think one of the best ways for us to meditate upon this is not only Pharaoh, but I also think Canaan. There was a point in which in the Old Testament where you have the concept of like Abraham going to claim this land, there's a comment that God makes, the iniquity of the Canaanites is not yet full, right? And so what I think what you have is God in his forbearance and patience enduring vessels of wrath until their completed point of of iniquity, right? Iniquity is full, and when it's full, he he, he executes wrath, right? And, and sometimes we do think about this as individually, and I don't think that's an error, but I do think there's also like a, a corporate way to think about this as well, that there is going to be a point when all the reprobate have concluded, right, their iniquity is full, and, and then we have, and I think this is, sorry, I'm, I'm es- eschatology now a little bit, where you've got the redemption of the sons of God, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll also have the conquering of all of his enemies. I mean, mm-hmm. what is the reprobate being gathered, death and Hades being thrown into hell? What is that? Mm-hmm. But the conquering of the evil of the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And one fell swoop, the iniquity was full, mm-hmm. and he executes justice. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. one way that I think about prepared. Um, the important thing to note here is in the preparation of the prepared beforehand language for those who are, what's interesting about this is he, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. So he makes known the glory to vessels of mercy so that they might enjoy the glory. Right. Mm. And so in the, he's demonstrating his glory of wrath and power and grace and mercy and the election that's mentioned there is before they had done either good or bad, which means that it had to take place in eternity past before they were created. And there you see him elect and immediately from election predestined, right? So election is not predestination in and of itself. Election precedes predestination. He elects them. And as he elects them, sets his love, his foreknowledge upon them is the way that I would, we see it articulated elsewhere. He then predestines them for that glorious end of both seeing and beholding the glory of God and then being enjoyers of it. So when he elected a people unto himself, he elected them not from the Jews only before they had done anything good or bad, but also from the Gentiles before the foundation of the world. And we would call this corporate what would you call that? Ecclesia. Fair? I mean, I think you could just call People? it the church if you want to do that. What about the bride as the corporate heir? Did you go with that? You're going to, I mean, in theory, it's yes, a bride I of am. election. If you added militant to that, would you be fine with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I ask this because look at, look at the verses that he quotes from Hosea. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Like I mean, the, the once you're not a people. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, well that's, and and her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. Yeah, and that's oh, making yeah. reference to the Gentile people. Yeah, but it's also yeah. saying not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Right. And there he breaks it up into two categories. Right. He's saying I've pulled from the Gentiles. Yeah, those as who it are works itself out in time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. In in a physical, real, historical sense. Yeah. But before time ever began. Yeah, we have a corporate bride, yeah, the certainly. heir, and which yeah. is made up of predestined, yeah, excuse me, elected and predestined, and predestined, yeah, Jews and Gentiles alike. And then inside, inside the inside time, no plan B, no plan B, no plan B. This is off the jump. Yeah, 
And then inside of time, right, he atones for that people. So do you read this? Do you keep this as a real reality <clears throat> as you read the fall in the garden? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, you can never divorce yeah, we're this in reality. Order of, we're in order of decrees now, but but yes, I would say so. <laughs> I love you. Why? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, like, I'm, I'm, but it's important to place these things. Yeah. You know, I think when, when God elects, the question is, did God elect, did God elect men as pre-fall men, mm. right? Or did he elect sinners, right? And he elected sinners, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's, there's, in my opinion, there's no way to get around that. But the question well, if you is- you elect them to salvation, what are- yeah. Well, there, there are some that would argue that, no, he doesn't elect sinners. He elects men. So this is all before the fall occurs. It, it's a jumble. Well, it's somewhat all irrelevant, right? Because it says before they had done anything good or bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but the lump there, I think, kind of goes back to the lump language, like from the yeah, same yeah. lump. It's not just image bearers. It's it's sinners. Well, the purpose of his election is to save. Right. So we don't just say that their identity is sinners to be saved. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the one that I can't ever get around. Yeah. That's why I've got to land there. Um, I'm glad we got there. But I'm glad we agree. I yeah. And in, in, in here you have the, even us whom he has called is the primary identifier, right? Like Gentile and Jew largely become background to the the primary reality of called mm. so like this this is a universal thing it doesn't matter whether you're jew or gentile you can essentially bring in any other identifier right and the identifiers all fade in the light of called mm. right just like identity make your calling sure yeah exactly yeah. like the primary thing you want to know about like like when we do <laughs> when we do when i'm sitting down with somebody who's thinking about being a member of mercy hill I don't ask them about their socioeconomic status. I don't ask them about their education. I don't ask them whether they're a Jew or Gentile. I imagine that we probably have one or two people that have some Jewish lineage, but it's largely irrelevant. The thing I want to know is, have you been called? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the true marker of one who is in Christ. That's the identity that we're looking for. So it doesn't matter if you're black, white, purple, yellow, or whatever you know, other, in, other thing you want to throw in here. What matters is that you've been called. Right? Yeah. Yeah, male or female. Male or female being another one, yeah. I mean, those and there's and actually those are the only two, believe it or not. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I didn't, uh, Charles, did you know there were only Stop. two genders? He's not a biologist. Stop. Sorry. Right. Right. Can we um, can we move on? Sure. So you reached uh, you reached into eschatology because of verse twenty eight. For the Lord would carry out His sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. Yeah. And then we we get to verse twenty nine, which has the if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring. Remnant, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. That really connects for me with Jacob and Esau and mm-hmm. the fact that the the scandal is not that Jacob was loved, or not the scandal is not that Esau was hated, but that Jacob was loved. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like the default, right? The default is if the Lord has of hosts had not left us offspring. Clear your voice. <clears throat> <laughs> if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah to mm. understand that that's the default, mm. the default state of human beings. Mm. Anyway. No, you're absolutely right. Thanks. This man over here. <laughs> uh, so it says that the, uh, yeah, we would not be like, I wrote in my Bible. In the margin? Yeah, in the margin. <laughs> Exodus. Self-preserving Hebrews will of God. John. Huh? What do you think about that? Self-preserving will of God. Oh, huh. he's preserving a people? That he doesn't need anyone else to preserve his will? Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And that apart from him preserving Israel, <laughs> apart from Charles Sneeze or is he gasping? Uh, Charles apart, is purple right now. You might need to from, get him. Apart from God preserving Israel, Israel would have never made it past. All of them the would have con- been lost. Yeah, they'd have been lost. Yeah. They wouldn't even made it out of the wilderness, right? right. They wouldn't have made yeah. it out of Egypt, right? Yeah. Actually, fire and brimstone. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you really think fire and brimstone, you finish the book of Judges, and mm-hmm. they've reached the lowest point morally that they've ever reached, mm-hmm. and you're essentially waiting, because the very same thing that's recorded in Genesis, if I'm not mistaken, occurs in um, in Judges, where the Israelites are... Oh, yeah, it is in Genesis. It's, it's actually the story of Sodom and Gomorrah that I'm thinking of when Lot offers his daughters, mm-hmm. right? Same thing happens in uh, uh, in Israel as they've entered into the Canaan, the Canaanites, the Canaanite land. And one term from a guy that I've I can't remember his name right now, but he called he said the book of Judges is a progression of the Canaanization of Israel, hmm. and they have reached their full Canaanization at the end. And hmm. so you sit back. The conclusion of this should be you're walking out and you're looking out on the cities of uh, Israel. And you're waiting for them to be smashed like Sodom and Gomorrah was, hmm. and they weren't. Only that's because interesting, because he kindness. says, "Don't take daughters from among you." Mm. It's like they were offering. You know what I'm saying? Like in some sense, like yeah, daughters of whoredom. Mm. Mm. Wow. Uh, Romans nine thirty through thirty three. Oh. The last pericope. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. That yes. is a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Mm. The staggering part of this is the Jews obtained, is the Gentiles obtained it. They didn't seek for it. But they obtained it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. Right? It's, yeah. like, it's amazing. It's foolishness. foolishness. But functionally, though, in the Old Testament historical context, you have those who are of Israel. Who that, do obtain it. Who do obtain it. Yep. And they obtain it the same way the Gentiles did. <laughs> I can't do it. That's no, too late. It's too he lost late, his Bo. moment. You're going to voicemail. I actually, I actually have a voicemail, Bo. You can go ahead and leave me one. <laughs> and we'll play it for you next week. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> but yeah, the Gentiles, or the Jews obtaining it, the Jews who did obtain it, obtained it the same way. Why? Because the word of God has not failed. Go back mm-hmm. to verse six, right? The word of God always accomplishes its purpose. It never returns void. And in the midst of his working, he is saving a remnant, and he's been doing so since the beginning of Israel. Mm. Um, and so there are some that have He's been doing it since when? Since Abel? Genesis 3. Abel? Did he double call you? No. Oh. So Abel? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you yeah, see... Yeah, since the fall. Yeah, so like, yeah. but it's like saying that um, they, they did not pursue righteousness, but they obtained righteousness by faith. Right. But Israel... They who through a law they pursued would the law. lead to righteousness yeah. did not pursue it by faith, yeah. but as if it were based on works. So what you see in this illustration of true, real illustration of Cain and Abel mm-hmm. is Cain's offering is is self righteousness, works based. Yep. Here, look what I give exactly. that, that you may give me something in return. 
And Abel gives gives a better sacrifice because it was done by faith. And it was also mm-hmm. done accordance to what had been demonstrated. Like like faith yeah. in the one that would come. He knew in that sacrifice that there was a re- there was a reminder of sins. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And it brought blood about was shed. blood was shed. Yeah. But he knew by faith that he needed a substitute. Yeah, a substitute, yeah. a true and lasting sacrifice. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. one because otherwise Hebrews tells us that those sacrifices would have ceased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had they actually cleansed and they weren't an ordinance of remembrance, that they would have been true and lasting and thus ceased. But we always see them perpetual, perpetuate and perpetually continue throughout the history of the temple and tabernacle ministry. Yeah. And the, the way that we, you, we kind of have to go into 10 a little bit here to kind of bring this to conclusion. But as you're, as you're looking at um, this, these two camps, if you will, you've got Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, obtained it, and then you've got the Jews who pursued a law leading to righteousness, right? The distinction here is that the Gentiles did not pursue the law as the means to righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. The conclusion, the law leading to righteousness, well, what did the law lead to? Very clearly, you grab Galatians, you grab Romans. I mean, you, you, all throughout the scriptures, the law is leading you to a substitution. Mm-hmm. Like Levitical law leads you to a substitution, mm-hmm. right? It does so in shadowy form. Mm-hmm. Inside the New Testament, it's very clear that the law, the law in regard to righteousness and the mm-hmm. bringing about of righteousness mm-hmm. actually leads you to a man. Mm-hmm. And as it leads you to Christ, he is the, as we go to the end of uh, this pericope, <laughs> uh, chapter 10, verse 4, that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Mm. And if we understand that, then it's like, well, the issue is the Jews are staring at the law and they want the righteousness not based on the end of the law being Christ, but the righteousness that they can accrue by their pursuit of the law itself. Mm. The Jew says, or the Gentile looks at it, Christ comes to them and they say, I want him, Mm. right? And obviously we're not making a blanket statement of every Gentile, but they didn't stumble over the stumbling stone and the rock of offense the way mm-hmm. that the Jewish mm-hmm. people did. You know, we look at the Pharisees in the New Testament and we think to ourselves, ah, since they knew it so well, they they somehow just didn't recognize him. I'm sorry, I, I don't think that's the case. I think John actually says he came to his own and his own people did not receive mm-hmm. him. I think that the Pharisees knew full well that they were looking at the Messiah. Mm-hmm. They hated the concept that he was the end of the law for righteousness, and they had been laboring for that righteousness mm-hmm. their whole lives they and wanted to failing go back to, to meet the end. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted Submit to... Submit to slavery. They did. And so... The conclusion of all of Romans 9 is actually, you've been called, what have you been called to? You've been called into Christ Jesus, mm. who is the end of the law for righteousness. And then in verse, and then in chapter 10 following, it's go preach him. Mm. Go preach him. Stumbling stones become the cornerstone. Yeah. All right. That's what I got. It's good. Anything else? Good times. Charles, we good? I may I may finish ten this week. By the way, yeah, I thought we already finished that. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. I may <laughs> I may finish. I may finish. I'm looking at doing chapter eleven. He just versus, erased his brain. Verses one through ten. I do erase you my mean, brain. Oh, you mean eleven? Not all of eleven, but eleven through one through ten. Okay. Taking a chunk. I don't know how you break it up more than that. Yeah, man, that's cool. Hey, man. Uh, so in conclusion. 
Lawson has a Bible verse. What are you going to do, Lawson? Or Blake, do you have one? Yeah, Somebody I had a pretty one? good one. I was oh. thinking about. Oh, Charles I, just says, I think 18 and 19 uh, is the heart of it. Well, Charles has a Bible verse. You say in Romans 9, 18 through 19? Oh. Well, it, it is, it a, is good, a good Bible verse. We already read it. <laughs> it is a good Bible verse, Charles. <laughs> There's no debate there. I was thinking of First Peter too, but read it. That's where we ended up. Let's go. Do it. Oh, gonna... So, in conclusion, Blake, Blake has, a Bible, has a, Bible a Bible verse. As you come to Him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the mm. sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture: Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone. A cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Mm. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to you. Hmm. But you are a chosen race. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Blake McCullough and Lawson Harlow, for the time spent today, fellas. Jack around, digging up plants, really? April Fools, my brothers and my friends. Did you make that up? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You lied to us. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I'm so offended. (laughs) Y'all were both like, that's so interesting. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> Why am I so I'm like five years old. <laughs> Big fat. Bricks makes me think of drugs. <laughs>